Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 16th of December. The royal family is refusing to make any official comment after Prince Harry and Meghan dropped more bombshells overnight in their tell-all documentary. The last three episodes were released on Netflix last night with the couple lashing out at the media, Prince William and now King Charles III. Harry revealing he and Meghan had spoken with the royal family for a number of months about leaving before a heated meeting with his brother, father and grandmother, Queen Elizabeth II. It was terrifying to have my brother um, scream and shout at me and my father say things that just simply weren't true and and my grandmother, you know, quietly sit there and, and sort of take it all in. Meghan also revealed she had suicidal thoughts after a constant barrage of media scrutiny and also private stories being leaked from within her own family and from royal sources. You are making people want to kill me. It's not just a tabloid. It's not just some story. You are making me scared. Prince Harry even alleging the stress of a lawsuit against the tabloid media was a key factor in the couple losing a baby. I believe my wife suffered a miscarriage because of what the male did. I've had to make peace with the fact that probably never going to get genuine accountability or a genuine apology. You know, my wife and I were, were moving on. We're focused on, the, on what's coming next. In other news this Friday morning, the federal government's controversial energy bill has passed in Parliament with mixed reviews. Treasurer Jim Chalmers claims the plan, which will put a cap on market gas and coal prices, will help slash soaring power bills. They have a job to do, but we have a job to do as well. It's our job to find a reasonable and balanced common sense solution. But there's growing concern over who will pay transition costs from gas to electricity and if the plan will actually reduce cost of living pressures. And we'll have more details on this important story coming up shortly in Business and Finance with Scott Phillips. Meantime, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has again paid tribute to the young two police officers who were killed in that mass shooting at a rural property in Queensland earlier this week. Mr Albanese yesterday passing a condolence motion in Parliament. He says the nation is mourning the innocent neighbour who was killed in the brutal shootings and also the courageous officers who were simply doing their job. They are all too aware of the dangers and yet they do their job each and every day regardless. They do it for us, for our communities, for our nation. That is courage. It is public service at the highest level. A date has now been set for the funerals for the two young Queensland police officers. A special service will be held next Wednesday at Brisbane's Entertainment Centre. Cyber criminals have committed the worst attack ever seen on a government agency in Australia after hacking Fire Rescue Victoria. Hackers have confirmed they have full control of the fire service's IT systems and have threatened to release stolen data on the dark web. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, the interruptions are widespread. It is causing big headaches, Tash, for fire authorities, even though they've reassured the public there won't be any disruptions to their ability to respond to emergencies. Fire stations are no longer getting automatic dispatch information from triple zero and being forced to rely on two-way radios and phone calls. 
the fire rescue websites down as well as emails, while the technical disruption has even gone as far as disabling the automatic opening of fire station doors, leaving firefighters to open them by hand. At this stage, the outage is expected to last until at least early next week. Eight years on from Sydney's Link Cafe siege and the officer that led the rescue team has broken his silence with damning allegations against the police operation. Officer A, whose name is suppressed by the courts, believes his team could have saved hostages Katrina Dawson and Tory Johnson if they were allowed to storm the building earlier. He's told Channel 7 his team was even considering breaking orders to enter the cafe. From the, the moment that first gunshot gone, then yes, I do believe we would have changed the outcome. Not a moment, not a day goes by, I don't think about the two of them. And today is the first anniversary of Tasmania's Hillcrest tragedy, where six children were killed and three others seriously injured after a jumping castle tragedy. A commemoration ceremony was held in Devonport yesterday. Premier Jeremy Rockcliffe says the loss is still being felt by many. The loss of such cherished young children sent shockwaves throughout the Devonport community, Tasmania, and indeed our entire nation. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. As we mentioned earlier, lots of analysis and feedback over the government's controversial new energy deal. But as we know, the devil is always in the detail. So the big question is... Will this plan really make a difference, especially to our soaring power bills? Tash, good morning. Look, it's a real challenge, isn't it? This is a, uh, look, the household pressure is really serious in energy prices. So that's the first thing we know. The other thing, of course, is we also know this is deeply, deeply political because the government promised to bring energy prices down as part of their election campaign. And so the what next and how do you do it and whether they get that held over them for the entire term is on uh, very much part of the part of this story. Now, in terms of the funding, and that's what I've always said, the prices aren't going to get cheaper. We're just going to pay a little bit out of our pockets and the rest of it out of our taxes because the government is having to compensate the gas providers and potentially, by the way, the coal providers, if that deal gets passed as well, for their lost profit. So we're not really doing anything other than kind of passing the passing the hat around, putting the, the, the bill in a different position and trying to make that work. This still remains a big, big policy issue. 20 years of frankly, policy absence on energy in particular has brought us to this point and we're not going to have it resolved with a couple of acts through Parliament at the end of 2022. Yeah, Scott, good point. Now, we need to talk about things. Bright spot, unemployment continues <laughs> mm-hmm. to be good news, but then maybe not so much for interest rates. Oh, mate, it's, I hate this time. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, in that, we're in that good news is bad, bad news is good scenario still. And, and look, you know, yes, uh, unfortunately, yeah, look, the RBA is not going to do anything particularly because of employment. But if they're looking for reasons maybe to hold back, maybe to say we're almost made it, this is not that. Great news, unemployment's still at 3.4%, 64,000 jobs created, more Australians in the workforce getting work. These are really, really good things. We shouldn't take anything away from that. This is just, if you're going to go into tough economic times in 2023, doing it with unemployment at 3.4% is exactly how you'd want to, because it gives most Australians a fighting chance of seeing through what will be a tough, maybe three, six, nine months. So that's really good. But as you mentioned, look, this week, We've seen the US and then the UK and the European Central Bank all increase their interest rates by 0.5%. 
the RVA is probably going to have to do more next year as well. This won't cause it, but it certainly won't give them any comfort that things are slowing down. Yes, Scott, and with the difficulties you mentioned a couple of months ahead for many Australians, especially if they've got to pay those increased repayments on their mortgage, some banks are already saying they could help their customers if they desperately need help. Yeah, look, this is this is pretty positive. I, you know, we give the banks a hard time, and honestly, most of that deserve it. So let's not give them too much credit. But this time around, what they learned, I think, from COVID and also from the GFC to some degree, is it doesn't help anybody if the banks push people to the wall and then make them sell their homes. They don't get the right price. They get obviously, you know, bad debts to cover. They they don't get those loans to continue to be, be repaid over months and years ahead. So they want to make sure their customer is in a good place. ANZ yesterday saying, look, we're going to proactively start to help people, and there are some really important ones. Unemployment is one, of course. But they talk about things like family breakdown, for example, and that sort of circumstance when you're a forced seller, particularly while house prices are falling and probably have more to go, um, they're going to really try, they say, uh, to act and help out some of those borrowers. They did say they're also going to start persuading some borrowers who are in dire financial circumstances to actually sell up early and repay the debt rather than get themselves in more trouble. That feels a bit draconian, but honestly, I think it's probably the right thing for many people to do. Not that many, maybe just a few, but some people to do uh, because you don't want to get yourself into further trouble. And as always, if you're going to have issues down the track, acting early and speaking to the bank manager, getting stuff sorted out is always the best way to go. Yeah, great advice as always. Happy Friday. Thank you, Scott. And you. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. Australia and South Africa are promising that Sandpaper Gate will be officially off limits. But come on, will that really happen? It's a good question. Good morning, Tash. The first ball sent down in anger at the Gabba tomorrow when the heat is on. Long days in the middle. I think the first to sledge will start an avalanche, of course. David Warner will be uh, the centre of attention in that series, given his role in the infamous Sandpaper Gate to scandal back in 2018 in Cape Town. But uh, Brad Haddon is expecting there will be some spice, a little bit of extra pressure in the middle when the series kicks off. I think they're going to go really hard at each other. Not verbally, but there's going to be a contest and it's going to be heated out in the middle with their presence. That's on uh, listeners' Willow Talk podcast. They had Mornay Morkel, the South African, former South African quick on as well. Uh, They've got a world-class bowling attack now. He says there's one in particular to be wary of. We're going to go with Marco Janssen, a guy who's, who's two metres tall, left arm seamer. A lot of times with our tall guys, we tend to, in Australia, bowl a touch too short, but he's not too scared to get the ball up there and get it to swing. Yeah, I don't think this series is going to be quite as easy for Australia as the one against the West Indies, Tash. Yeah, absolutely agree. Brett to the cricket more now with the BBL and the Renegades beat the Heat last night. Yeah, they certainly did beat uh, the Brisbane Heat in Cairns. Good signs from the Renegades. Uh, they were the wooden spooners last year, but... This was a really good result. A 22-run win. Nick Maddinson, the star with the bat with uh, 87, thought he was out stomping on his stumps, but there must have been a big gust of breeze or perhaps a ghost there at uh, Kazali Stadium because he never actually touched them. So he went on with the big innings. In reply, Akil Hussain was the star of the show with uh, the ball, probably his best performance, with uh, three wickets and says the celebration of his first wicket had uh, some inspiration from the World Cup. That one, I told him that one was definitely for Cristiano Ronaldo. I'd say celebration, did the first one for him. I think I'd be um, mimicking Lionel Messi, not Ronaldo at the moment. Tonight, (laughs) Melbourne Stars will retire Shane Warne's number 23 playing shirt before their home opener against the Hurricanes at the MCG Tush. Yeah, absolutely. Brett, and we took out the 100-metre free double at the Swimming Short Course Championships last night. How good are the swimmers? Yeah, certainly did uh, in both the men's 
and women's events. Uh, first off, Cole Chalmers powered home, and then he returned in the 4x50-metre relay to anchor that leg, while Emma McKeon, our golden girl, took out the women's 100 free. It's McKeon and Jorge can ever hang on! It's gold for Australia! And a championship record! On nine there, and it might be summer, but we've still got footy news in both the major codes. The Bulldogs have shown their faith in Luke Beveridge. They've locked up the Premiership coach to a two-year extension. Some talk that other clubs were circling. And Manly is being urged to send Tom Drabojevic to the US to see a hamstring guru who uh, cured Latrell Mitchell. Uh, he's torn his hammy now five times. That happened on Wednesday at training. The Seagull superstar Tasha's out for up to eight weeks. Brett, happy Friday. You have a great weekend. Thanks so much. You too. Thanks, Tash. And the life and music of Archie Roach has been celebrated in Melbourne overnight, thousands gathering for a state memorial service to pay tribute to the Indigenous musician and entertainer. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews, one of many, to honour Mr Roach. We and all those who come after us are richer for the life and work of Uncle Archie Roach and we are poorer for his passing. Archie Roach passed away in July, aged 66. And that's a wrap for the Daily News in Morning Agenda for 2022. We'd like to thank you for tuning in and all your support throughout the year. Over the next month, we'll have a number of special episodes of Morning Agenda where we take a look back at the news events and issues that have set the agenda in 2022 and discuss them in more detail. Hope you can join us and we'll also be back in 2023. Until then, we wish you all a very happy holidays and a safe new year. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. We'll see you soon. Listener.